All right, guys, welcome to this episode of Starlight. This time we have something a little different from our normal narrative. We are bringing in the one, the only, Kyle and Nick of the Heroes Journal. Guys, welcome onto the show. It's awesome having you here. Super excited to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. This is it just gonna be a lot of fun. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, our, our whole our whole product is about being creative and we have to be creative on the fly here. So I want to make sure that we're, you know, we keep up. We're up to snuff. Being authentic is key. Right. Okay. Yeah. So and I've heard some like fantastic accents coming out. Uh <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see if we can keep it going the entirety of the game. Yeah, it'll be fun. You we'll know? see. She's going to try not to take it too seriously. Just have yeah. some fun with it, you know? <laughs> That's what it's all about. All right. Then with that, let's jump in to this short but special episode. Here we go. Roll for ignition. So the camera zooms in from black on a long hallway and it follows this hallway that starts with a few people at the end and they're all lined up and the hallway begins to make a turn and another turn and more and more people seem stuffed into this long line that eventually the camera leads to some sort of a port. In fact, it is the port of the HMS Soul, grandest cruise casino luxury liner of all time thanks to no small part of the Tetsup family and the Violet Obscurus company but our story doesn't really stay too much on this line it doesn't really matter the particulars of this grand casino ship no it follows two interesting attendees two mercs but uh, I'm getting ahead of myself we actually zoom into the front of the line where there is a purple trihorn tiefling dressed in an immaculate suit of white and a gold masquerade mask. You know, simple, nothing quite to the nines. He wouldn't want to outshine the rest of the guests. Ah, come one and all, he says. For your pleasure, madame, mister, and more, the HMS soul awaits you. Your credits have been paid and your prestige vouched for and reputation to proceed. Not only is this the largest cruise liner to have ever been created, but it is a casino resort unlike any other. You will find an auction for which the stars will hold its breath. Games to make you feel like a child again, and an opera time travelers would come to see over and over and over again. Uh, oh yes, you, um, Mr. Jacques Hornus? How good it is to see you, Ambassador. What's that? Ah, yes, of course. Ah, every luxury has been afforded. On the house, 
and no stims too short, company too private or bed too lonely. Yes, you know, enjoy. And he ushers in a group of people. But soon it is the central characters, the stars of the stories turn to enter as the long, long line finally brings them to the edge of this dreadnought monstrosity. The tiefling takes one look at both of you and smiles, sharp feline teeth, two whites. My lucky stars, you would enter through my port, uh, Sir Burton Stevens and Big Jimmy Capapalucci. Ah, how wonderful it is to have you. You know, trillions of life forms entered into our contest, and of all of them, you both won. Show that multipass anywhere you go, and I promise you, you will be treated like royalty. How lucky you both are to take part in this first venture. Not navigated by Guild Busboy Control, no. The future is now. How do you feel about that? And he holds up a mic. And your answers, you know, are going to resound throughout the entirety of the ship. As well as be perceived in this iBot that has been following you around and is going to be broadcasted live into millions and millions of spacers across the galaxy. He puts the mic into Sir Burton Stevens' face. All right. Man, I'm excited to be here. Well, people all the time think I'm from England. I'm actually from Australia. Uh, you know, we've got the Crockies, we got all the stuff here, but man, this is a lot nicer than I was expecting. Is that from one of them backworld planets? I've never heard of Australia. Oh man, you gotta come to Australia. We got the Outback, we got barbecues, we got the Bobby, which is the same thing as a barbecue. And let me tell you, it is, it is an all right time. <laughs> of course, of course. And what about you, little fella? Hey, watch it. The name is Big, Big Jimmy Capapucci. I'm glad to be. It's a beautiful place, great casino. Thanks for having us too. How's your mother? Oh, she's fantastic. I love it. Hey, uh, thanks so much for having us here tonight. Can't wait to get started. Uh, yeah, really glad we're in the raffle. Here we go. Can't wait. Please enjoy. And he lets you walk past him into this amazing ship. As you're walking away, would you both please describe what your characters look like? So I am a dashing six foot one man with some black hair. Well-trimmed beard, wearing a tuxedo. And on the inside of my tuxedo, there's a nice kind of uh, kind of like floral print, you know, because I still got a little bit of personality. Mm. Um, but I also have my secret rocket shoes on. So, but you can see them. You can, sell, you can tell that my shoes are a little different, but you can't quite tell that they make me fly. So, yeah, still looking dashing, though. I am a small... Plump, greasy man, uh, halfling rather, uh, <laughs> with, a, with a bright, obnoxiously yellow uh, suit on, you know, reminiscent of the one from The Mask featuring Jim Carrey, just much smaller. Uh, I also have a very fat tie on, it's very large. Um, it doesn't quite reach my belly button like it should, it kind of stops sort of right at my sternum. I look like an old school mob boss, I look, I look like I should be carrying a Tommy gun, but I'm not carrying a wand but i'm using it as a cane because that is the appropriate height uh, for a cane when you are as tall as i am or as short as i am which is about four foot one uh, i have fedora too 
That's a good touch. That's a great touch. No, that's awful. But I have it on. <laughs> what color is the fedora? It's also yellow. Okay. The whole thing's yellow. <laughs> and with that, you both are ushered into the HMS Soul. It is every bit the luxury liner promised and more. It consists of 38 levels, not including the secret speakeasy ones. It has two hemisphere functional gravitational emitters, ballrooms, pools, nature replicators, title card fights, zoos, and more. Of course, permeating the entirety of the HMS Soul is a culture of hospitality and gambling. There is something to gamble on at every turn, and someone to provide whatever you request, only a shout away. The HMS Soul's cruise trip is slated to take a week's travel amongst the circle of gods. A large mass of dead stars, blue and dim, and existing in such proximity that they defy all rational laws. To everyone else, you both are a happily married couple, whom were lucky enough to win the coveted tickets to take part in this trip. With that comes a measure of pseudo-fame at the happy pair. You are constantly followed around by Verity Starmane and his pet Mimic, who are constantly interviewing you about your experience. You are given a suite that even the most wealthy can scant afford. And of course, then, there's the money. You are gifted, as a couple, one million credits for the duration of your trip. What folks don't know, however, what folks don't know, is that you are not who you claim to be, but heisters, rogues, hired hands. Nearly a month ago, galactic standard time of course, you were both hired by a mysterious client. This being hired you to sneak into the communication tower and copy the coding in the HMS Soul's Hyper Astronav unit. Although you can't say who hired you for this job to be certain, you do know that the guild has monopoly on all hyper travel routes. Now that the Tetsub family claims to be able to navigate just as well as the guild, this loss of control would hurt them massively. Thus, one plus one equals usually the most obvious answer, and that's not usually three. So you play your part well, pretty certain that's the guild behind it. You play the game, you win some, you lose some, you drink some, you puke some, and you try the food. There's the shows, some that are good, you sit through a painfully boring auction. But when it comes time for the legendary diva, the much sought after operatic four hour spectacle, that is when the time to act comes. Using disguise collars placed on a pair of accomplices that you hired, you make it appear as if you're still attending that show, when in actuality, you are far, far away. Big J is interfacing with the terminal to gain access to the communications tower elevator shaft. You stand three chambers beyond the gravitational engines, and the gentle pulsing thrum is like the sound of the ocean mixed with the whirling of some dark machine. Here, in the HMS Soul's restricted access, it appears just like any other ship, plain, durastil grating, and pulsating veins of the ship, a living organism. Your spy bot picks up a shadowed movement on its camera, transmitting it to your Neuralink with a ping. A computer-like system embedded in the base of your skull. It tells you, You have eight to ten minutes. Before whatever it is arrives. The clock is ticking. I'm sweating like a pig down here, Steve. 
It's all right. Seems a lot harder to get open than I was originally promised. But hey, what can you do? We're here now, aren't we? All right, we know the third one is five. That's definitely the third input code here for this triangle doohickey. But uh, what do you think? How about we try, uh, I don't know. What's the ship called again? HMS Soul. The HMS Soul, eh? Should we just try the, the letter H or something? Let's, uh, yeah, let's try H. All right. I don't think that's the right sound that we want here, Steve. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, is there any other thing that we can pull from? Uh, there's got to be a way to figure out what the next uh, character this is going to be. If it's going to be a number or a letter, it's going to be, uh, you know, double digits, single digits. There's got to be a way to do it. It's just a computer, right? Yeah, where I come from, we got slingshots and bow and arrows. I mean, there's no way we can pry this thing open, do you think? Uh, all I got is these these these, uh, these brass knuckle type things. I could punch it if you want me to, but that's that's probably the best I got for you. Well, you know the way I see it, and according to my neural link, it might be punching time. All right, I'm stop punching. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Four. <laughs> you hit this door, all right. You wind up and oh. Ow! hardly leaves a little scratch. Oh boy. All right, that hurt my hand. Yeah, I saw that button. All right. Well, so we're not we're not gonna punch it open. Uh, can you use any of your, your little uh, Neuralink doohickey magic stuff to help uh, help us get a little more of an idea? Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, let me see if I can. If it'll give me the uh, the first uh, character here. You can just roll a straight interfacing check for that. Eight. <laughs> So you start getting into the system, messing with it, and you keep hitting the same firewall. Nothing bad happens. The way I see it, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to hack into this door. I don't really have very many good ideas. How tall are the ceilings? <laughs> yeah, what, what are the air ducts here? The ceiling is roughly 40 feet up. You can see, again, various implements of machinery, some durosteel walls. But yes, indeed, you do see up near the top ventilation ducts. All right, I got my rocket shoes on. I can make these things go. I can go up in the air. I see that, I see that little vent up there. Go oh, in there, yeah. fly yeah. through it, get on the other side, open up the door. How's that sound? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Why don't we try to do that? All right. Here we go. Here goes nothing. That's why they call you Stevie Boots back home. They, they've never, they never call me Stevie Boots. That's why I call you Stevie Boots here. Let's get it started, big guy. Big J, just as Sir Burton Stevens is getting prepared to ignite his rocket boots and fly up, your Neuralink primes again, once again, from the spy bot. Three minutes. Oh, boy, we got three minutes, Steve. You better hurry up. All right. So you zoom up to the top, right where this grate is. The grate... It's about five feet, you know, in width, three feet tall. And you can see that it's bolted down on the corners. Punching time. 17. Part of the grate on the side, like the bolt batters part, and some of it crumples inward. You can see a little bit where like the lip of the grate has been pushed open, but you haven't completely bashed your way through. And I'm gonna grapple with this thing. I'm gonna start pulling on it, start holding on it. Go get him, Stevie. Just a straight athletics roll. Uh, 21. So you start pulling. It starts ripping. 
slowly but surely as the boots start to like whine with the exertion, it starts to pull apart. Just as at the far end, you see the door starting to slide open. Hey, Big J, you gotta get, you gotta get um, up here. Uh, can I disguise myself as the trifling from the beginning? Yes. All right. I want to disguise myself while you're prying that thing open. As this door starts to open more and more, and this shadowy figure starts to emerge from the other side, Big J grows what seems to be a few inches, but really the top is just straight illusion. And he looks just like the tiefling from before. Just as this, like, silver bot walks in. It's a service bot. Oh, dear. Master, how can I help you? Oh, hello, uh, uh, service bot. Um, uh, We are uh, doing maintenance on the uh, ventilation here. Uh, Your services are not needed at this time. (laughs) (laughs) The eyes flick up. Go ahead and make a deception roll. So nine and then deception is five, so fourteen. The bot lowers its eyes from the ripping grate that finally comes loose, one of the bolts falling and hitting the top of the head of the Oh dear, I will make sure to alert the rest of the cabin to avoid the area and set up the appropriate barriers. And then it walks around you to the elevator and starts putting in the code. And the door is open to the elevator. All right. <laughs> Doors open. <laughs> I'm going to keep going to this vent. I worked pretty hard to get open. I'm just going to kind of see where it takes me. Yeah, I feel like we should ditch this robot. Cool. So I'll, I'll come pick up Big J. Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll bring him up and we'll, we'll both go through this vent together. He's gonna have no problem. Me, five foot by three feet. I'm a little. It's a little. It's a little tight, but for yeah. him, he's walking straight up and down. So as you make your way into this uh, tight space for one of you and hallway for the other, it is a mix of fresh air with kind of like that stale, dusty feeling. And you start navigating your way via these air ducts. You can both use any skill that you want that you think would be best served for navigating your way up to the communications tower. I'm going to roll investigation check. 12. Yeah, can I do investigation as well? Five plus four. Nine. Twelve and nine. Every time you come to an area where the you see more grating, you spend a few minutes kind of staring out, trying to get the lay of the land. You run a network of very confusing circuitous routes, and at one point you even accidentally wrap back around to the start. But Eventually, for what takes 
30-ish minutes, you finally find the part of the air duct that goes up to the top. The only problem, however, is it's it goes straight up. And as air ducts are, the metal in there is silver. It is without much purchase for you to climb. All right, so uh, Big J, you're going to have to get on my shoulders. Because uh, if you hold on my on my leg, I'm going to burn you to death. And, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. So, <sighs> All right. I put my wand cane into my jacket pocket and climb atop Steve's shoulders. I uh, knock my ankles together. Continue rising and rising and rising. And being the massive behemoth that this ship, the HMS Soul, is, it is a long way up. As you are making your way up there, so you pass apart the the air duct where it opens up again vertically to your left and you hear this strange (laughs) must have been counting cards hey i've gotten caught a few times in my day too keep on the prize baby we're here for the money then eventually you find your way to the top and you land You can see where the grating opens up to the main floor of the entire ship tower itself, where the communication hubs are, where the different nav systems are. What, what, what we're going to do, but I'm going to pull up this little, this little thing, and, and uh, Big J, you're, you're going to peek in there and see if we got anyone in there. See, we'll see what kind of go, got going on in there, all right? Yeah, you got it, boss. So I'm going to pull off this grate. I stayed away tippy toes. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that you peek your head up. I want you to go ahead and make a perception roll. The coast is clear. Hey, coast looks clear to me, boss. That way. (laughs) The moment you turn and look the other way, there's a big fat boot that is about to catch you in the face. Go ahead and make any skill that you would like to avoid that. Big J, no! So they rolled a four. <laughs> Plus five is nine. It clips the top of your head and you hear a man go, and he falls onto his face on the other side. You see a white uniform with a little like colored insignia on the right side of the, the chest. And this man looks back at this head that is poking up out of the grating. He's speckled, silvered, and has very nice mutton chops. What the? Hey! What? What are you doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? You stepped on my fedora. Your big stupid boot stepped on my beautiful fedora. What am I? What are you doing here? What am I doing here? Yeah, I, who are you anyway? Tell I, me who you are. What you do here? <laughs> go ahead and make an intimidation roll. <laughs> what? What am I doing here? I am an officer of this. Why, why am I explaining myself to you? The man gets up you see that the most he has is like security baton pulls out the baton and flicks it you have two minutes to pull yourself up out of there and to allow me to escort you down where we are going to talk all right let's, let's kick his butt that's a generous amount of time let me be honest <laughs> two minutes ago is great all right i'm gonna throw big j up and then i'm gonna then i'm gonna propel myself with the remaining juice in my <laughs> shoes out of the grate
the this officer not only like backs away as he almost gets bulldozed over, but he takes a swing at you, misses. Big J, you fall to the ground. I need you to make an acrobatics check. Uh, Eleven. You manage to keep your feet beneath you. There's more of you down there. He tries to actually grab Big J and pull the baton up under the neck. You can roll an athletics or a dexterity check versus my athletics. This is a brand new suit, you asshole. Seven. Fifteen. He grabs you, pulls you around by your shoulders, moves the baton up under your neck. All right. You're going to stop right now or your friend's going to get it. All right, I'm just going to punch you right in the face. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What have you missing hit me? <laughs> All right, surprisingly, I'm going to pay, you know? What? <laughs> 14 plus. <clears throat> Makes a little indent on his face. I pull it back. He looks at me strangely. I say, is, it you, is that enough for y'all? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of dazed. <clears throat> broke my nose. Break more than your nose if you don't let him go. And then I grab him, who's who's holding my friend. You actually can do that as a bonus action. <laughs> 15. Yeah, no. You grab him in place. Your character has this ability that when he grapples someone, it deals a die four damage as well. Four. Four more damage. How would you like to put him to sleep? Put him down nicely. Uh, make him sleep like a kookaburra on a, on a summer evening. His face turns red, and then that kind of like great purple his grip slackens he drops the baton drops big j and the next thing that drops is his body time to take a nap big guy i hope he's all right you know what you really saved my bacon back there i pick up my fedora dust it off put it back up As you guys continue making your way, like the pair that you are, there's a few things that begin to creep out and take your notice. One, you don't see anyone else. You weren't necessarily expecting to have to put anyone to sleep, but you thought maybe you'd have to dodge people. You don't see anyone. What you do see are eye bots. You see bipedal bots. You even see the bot who got on the elevator right now to your left laying in between the door of the elevator that's continuously trying to close on the body all of these bots are completely out of commission crashed to the ground oh boy all right looks like some interference up here second a bot comes up here they can't they can't pay attention no more yeah i call foul play on this this looks like someone's job already is going on here you know although that bot was kind of a narc he was still pretty nice. We should go check on him. <laughs> All right, let's go see what's up. The bot's eyes are completely lifeless. Can we tap into it with our neural links? Can we see? One of you go ahead and make it the interfacing check. All right, I'll see if I can uh, see uh, our buddy's last couple moments here. 15 plus 4, 17. The memory starts to open up, and slowly the information begins to get siphoned. Big J's eyes go a glossy white. Big J, you get some of like the coded thoughts as this robot. It begins with it getting in the elevator shaft and riding up after seeing you. And its mind goes, must get maintenance. 
must get maintenance. What an odd pair. And then it goes dark as if going into sleep mode until the elevator wakes it up and the doors open. It takes a jaunting step out and then like ice is the best way you could describe it being cracked over the back of your head and then the cold water running down through your veins or is it circuits and then suddenly losing balance all of the information going haywire everything in the hallway kind of turning into bursts of gray and white and circuitous lights and then crashing to the ground must get you're getting this view sideways of the hallway and you see this blurry like view of some dark shape that goes in and out and when it goes into focus it looks like the something furry like with a paw kind of strange wretched material tattered off of it there's another one there's four all together and the last thing you hear is this And then you watch as these shapes move away. Do I recognize the, uh, the, the, uh, like the race? Yeah, go ahead and make a biology check. It's 11 plus 2. It seems something from the goblin kin species. Something along that goblins. umbrella. I always hated goblins. Anyway, I saw goblins in the the robot. Uh, well, uh, all right, but what did the what did the goblins do to this robot here? Well, they hit our poor boy in the back of the head with something. It sounded like ice. Ice. Yeah, made him go haywire. Cooked him from the inside out. Poor guy. But uh, where did they go? Well, they went up to the control panel and then they. Uh, did a little something, had a little laugh, and ran off. I honestly couldn't see much. It was pretty blurry. I did recognize something, though. All right. You know what it is? All right. They went in the direction we need to go. I think we should tread carefully where we're going next. And by the way, I'm pretty sure we heard one of them laughing on the way up that air vent. Oh, so it wasn't counting cards. Who knows? All I know is I heard that laugh before. That's the the kind of laugh you don't forget. It's like my mother's cooking. foot steps into a puddle of water. This is not good. Hey, you know what I just remembered? When I was looking at that robot, uh, I overheard some kind of conversation between these uh, troll guys. Can I cast Comprehend Languages? You can. On the memory of what was said between the, the troll troop? You can. I'm going to have you roll a history roll to see if you can recall the words, though. Oh, boy. 16... This magic just emits, invisible to anyone else. 
but it's like a warm glow that kind of like settles around the halo of your head. And suddenly this memory of your those words begin to reassemble into a language that only you can understand. And come on, Halleck. We need to set more of the emitters to nullify the bots. They uh, they put something into one of these con- controller monitor consoles here to uh, nullify all the bots. They're trying to uh, disable all of them. All right. Sounds like they're trying to make sure they could do something without anyone ever ever remembering it. Bingo. The water continues to flow out into the hallway. Or I'm going to investigate where the water water's coming from. You can see it's coming from a door right next to you, flowing out from the cracks. And the water just... Just barely comes up to the top of your shoes. Okay. And you hear the sound of a shower. And you look inside, and it's like kind of misty in there. It looks like some sort of like officer's locker room. Now, the lockers are set up in such a way that the showers are way in the back. But it would seem that someone left the water on, and it's just been running. I don't have a good feeling about this. Let's, uh, we we, we got to see what's going on. Because we're we're starting to get to the bottom of something that's a lot bigger than uh, looking for some looking for some doodads. I think so too. Bad feeling about this locker room is making me sick. So we walk in to the locker room. I look left. I look right. Right left. Right to my left, just the wall. Nothing there. To look to the right, I see the lockers, and I see in the background, I see steam. Big J, we gotta go see what's going on back there. So we approach the showers, and I see that there's. Four showers lined up. Bang, 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 bang. Three of them are off. One of them has the curtain closed. And the water is pouring out of the bottom of the shower. So I go up. And I snatch the curtain. And immediately you see an elderly but completely stripped naked man dead on the floor. The water runs like a faint red before it dissipates into the rest of it. His body covers the drain. He is laying so that he's almost in like a seated position, just his eyes looking listlessly up past you. This look of transfixed horror on him. Can we hack into his Neuralink as well? Yes. And see what he's seen? Yes, go ahead and try. I'm going to have him do it, though, because he's better at it. Oh, I hate dead bodies. Hey, Big J, I need you to do an interface... I give him the old hack a Step aside. I turn the water off. I do like I do like a Catholic, like like you know, like ah, like, you know, like I'm religious or something. And then I I, ta- I I try to tap into his Neuralink. Nothing. Not that you didn't hack in. That there is nothing to hack in. Oh, this boy. man is without a Neuralink. Did they cut it out? Uh, I'll do an investigation on that one. I got nothing. I got nothing to tap into. Uh, after I, I did a nineteen investigation, you pull the body up and back, and indeed you see that the base of the skull has been cut out. Oh boy. But up above it, you see about uh, like a five-inch like circle bored perfectly into the back of his skull. You can see now as you're up close. Running away from that hole, however, that that goes straight through the skin and the bone, these almost like uh, latch mark lacerations that wrap up to the sides of his ears, as if something latched on with small barbs. 
to hold him in place. I think our boy was tortured. It wasn't good. You know, it's it's funny because this, this man's a little bit older. And earlier when we were in the shaft, we, we could have sworn it was an older man screaming. That's right. So I think that that has something to do with what's going on right here. This actually might be the shaft that runs to this, this here uh, locker room. I think you're right about that. There is a sudden crackle <laughs> from the sound system. There is what sounds like... You hear the music of the opera come on, and this beautiful voice begins to sing, transfixing, perfect, without bounds, ethereal, and it seems to coil and grasp around the edges of your mind and pull you into the flows of the song, begging you to become one with it. I need you both to go ahead and make wisdom saving throws. 17, what'd you get? Uh, 11. You watch as Sir Burton Stevens falls to the ground, a goofy smile on his face. His eyes roll up in the back of his head. Just as the sound of two more footsteps come in, sloshing through the water at the front, and you hear... I pull Steve into the shower with the dead guy <laughs> and I shut the shower curtain roll a an athletics and a stealth roll as a combined roll and tell me the total <laughs> that's a natural one that one. Oh, first one of the night plus one so that's two for acrobatics uh, pulling at Sir Burton Stevens you trip over the body of the dead man splashing into the water as you drag Burton Stevens head into like the side of the lip with a poof as you hear the footsteps I hear it and it slows down as you hear the footsteps just on the outside oh we did smell this investor <laughs> you blind idiot I ought to make you eat it it's it! I can't even see it! And there is a clawed hand that reaches around the side and starts to open it up. And you see this, like, nose of what looks like a, a dog with pointed ears and fur that runs off the back of its body down to these, these like, kind of, like, paw-like furry feet dressed in ragged clothes. You see two knolls that look and peek in. <laughs> oh, eh, look at it. Wait, wait, wait! Halleck, one of them's not sleeping. One of them's not sleeping. And both of them then peer at you. Hey, boys. <laughs> I can't sleep. How's about some pillow talk? I hookshot throw my, my wand cane. I pull out of my, uh, my bright yellow suit jacket. Hookshot throw it over their heads to land behind them, kind of like outside the showers. You know, boys, I was never good at any craps, but tonight I'm rolling snake eyes. I'm going to have it turn into a giant python, the wand of the python. Both of them stop midair watching this, and for a brief moment... No, no, it's not a brief moment. You watch as the canine side of them t- 
takes hold. And they both dive at it like a dog going after a stick. <laughs> and they begin pushing at each other, trying to get it just as it transforms into this python. And they are holding the ends of its tail. They spit it out of their mouth. It's going to try to bite one of them. So the snake rears up, sinking its teeth into the knoll. You see immediately as the parts of its fur gets pulled out with the bite. Ah, it hurts! It hurts! It hurts! And it falls to the ground as it fails its save. Three. One. Four. Um, alright. I'm gonna use chill touch. I'm gonna use chill touch. Nine. This icy hand suddenly appears out of nowhere, disembodied, reaching out for the knoll. The knoll pulls out this hilt and it flashes to life with like electricity on the side as it bats away the hand. Sir Burton Stevens, you are enthralled. No longer are you in the locker room, but in a land of musical decadence. But something seems to call you back, or a part of you wants to go back to that plain, dull world. Go ahead and make another wisdom saving throw. That one. You stay where you are. All right, this music is amazing. The knoll that's on the ground, shaking around, it pulls itself away and backs up five feet from the snake, completely afraid of it. The only reason it doesn't run is the other knoll goes, Heck, you stay where you are! The other knoll... Thirteen points of damage as it slices into the scales. He's dead now. The snake reverts, turning back into the wand. The wand snaps in a suffusion of energy. And I need you, Big J, to go ahead and make a an athletics roll. Five. You are thrown back behind Sir Burton Stevens. The water goes flying in all directions. The gnolls manage to hold their ground. After you, like, hit your head and kind of, like, come back from the daze, you find yourself also under the body of the dead man. <laughs> All right. I pretend to be unconscious. Knocked out. Roll a deception roll. 17 plus 5. Come on, wisdom. 11 plus 2. 13. You stay in the dream landscape. All right. I love the song. And now, not only are you hearing the song, but the singer itself is starting to appear in your mind. What do they look like? It's the most pretty person I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know if they're male, female. They're just beautiful. Everything about them is is radiant. It's it's aura is is incredible. The the voice is that of an angel. It I never never thought anything would be prettier than a kookaburra, but this is this is something else. This is something else. Approaches you and. The words of the music began to take like actual, like a, a form that you can understand. Steven. You don't have to go, to go back to that place. Stay 
with me. But what about Big J? Big J will be here too. Not here now. I want to hang out with Big J. The figure seems to like the, the mouth kind of twitches for a second and that radiance almost shatters. And then it just smiles and continues singing. As we then move to the knolls. The knolls start making their way slowly towards the shower. Is it dead? It's dead. No. No, it's not. No. What should we do? You were supposed to check for any people. I did, Halleck. I did. Grouse won't be happy. It's enemies, right? They did attack us. What should we do? It doesn't smell like the pheromones we were supposed to wear. No, it's an enemy. They spend the rest of their turn arguing amongst themselves about what to do. Oh boy. <laughs> I really hope Steve wakes up soon. <laughs> God, that guy's a heavy sleeper. <laughs> they whisper something just not legible. They snicker. And then one of them reaches into like a back fanny pocket, pulls out this small, like, circular, almost grenade-looking thing with, like, a purple pulsating dot, and it throws it into the shower. And then they just start snickering, and they both bolt away. And immediately lifts the water and everyone involved, you guys all float up to the top of the ceiling and find yourselves like just plastered there. So I'm stuck to the ceiling now? Yeah. <laughs> He's still asleep. <laughs> he is. <laughs> How close am I to the speaker in the uh, sh- in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a perception roll. Alright. 14. You kind of crane your head. There's the one in the north and you can see one kind of set near the center of the south. Omnidirectional speakers. Can I cast Chill Touch on the closest speaker? Yes. Make a little. Here we go. It's a six plus five. With, with all the breath I have left, Mike, I really need you to wake up, you bastard. And then I cast Chill Touch on on the speaker, and it just delicately plucks it off of the uh, of the ceiling, and then slams it back into the ceiling because that's the way gravity's going. <laughs> Well, no, 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 not out, not where, like, the gravity well is just here. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was a whole room. No, no. Okay, then it just plucks off the ceiling and it drops to the ground and breaks. All right, you know my friend, Big, Big J. 16. The hold breaks. The world becomes fractile. <gasps> and you wake up on the ceiling. Hey, uh, Big J, what I miss? You know, believe it or not, the ship is not upside down. We are just on the ceiling. It's one of those anti-gravity grenades. And uh, who are uh, those guys? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you ever seen The Lion King? It's like the hyenas from The Lion King, but way worse. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they, they suck, for sure. Yeah, anyway, um, I'm stuck to the ceiling because you know my athletic prowess. I really need some backup here. They broke right. my cane. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rev up my boots, and I'm going to do a flying Superman punch to the one that seems to be injured. 
23. And I'm very unexpectedly jarred out of, out of the shower area. And I immediately drop an altitude straight down. And I catch my bearings. I put my arm out in front of me. Spikes first. And I punch that guy directly in the neck. And it just gets pile-drived into the back of the wall. And you kind of like like a superhero stand up as the other knoll looks at you. And it bolts. All right. I, I leap forward. 16, 17. And I grab the second one by the neck. <laughs> my my spikes are facing outward, so I look really, really cool. And Big J is thinking to himself, Oh, man, that guy looks so cool right now. I pick up the knoll so his feet aren't touching the ground. I nudge the dead body next to me. He's like, man, if you're alive to see this. The head turns. <sighs> I, think, I think to myself, man, I wish I had Big J's voice right now because I could say, who do you work for? All right, who do you work for? Emissary Grossman. I didn't choose to be here. I don't choose to be here. Emissary Grossman came to get what was his. Stolen. Stolen. We're just getting back what was his. I break his neck. (laughs) Your hands tighten. Pulls its own hands up and starts to pull yours apart. It's like foaming at the mouth, teeth bared. It tries to pull free of your grasp. So it, you need to make an athletics check versus its 16. 10. It pulls your hands apart. And it. It runs. It just runs. You can take an attack of opportunity, but it's it's a coward. You punch it once more, this time catching it on the shoulder. One arm goes completely limp. It drops the blade that it was holding to the ground. No longer worried. It's like limping away as fast as it can, sloshing through the water, and you see it disappear out the door and into the hallway. Doors close behind it. Pick me up off the ceiling now, please. I walk over to the shower and I, I get, boom! I hit the ceiling. I'm like that never, that never gets. Old. I, I squirm over to Big J, grab his tiny little arm, and I, and I click my heels. Ding ding. Be gentle. And then we, fly, we fly out. <laughs> this is a brand new suit. Um, I'm sorry to tell you this, uh, Big J, but your suit is ruined. Uh, we should try to look through these lockers and see if we can grab a change of clothes so we look like people who work here. So we can move with a little bit more anonymity. Alright. Where you find, like, some gym clothes, you find officer clothes that were left there from people, you know, easy enough to find. More difficult to find in the halfling variety, but you you find something passable. Uh, we gotta do something about uh, our ears here because we have to. We don't want to get caught up. Oh, I have an idea. 
we we rip off some of these uh, locker doors and we we make more noise to cover up the noise. So we walk through, just bang, 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 bang. Oh uh, yeah. I got an idea. It's not gonna be one you're gonna like very much. All right. So uh, I'm gonna cast partial deafness on you. All right. Don't worry. Hey, uh, who turned the who turned the lights off? But your version. Uh, well, I I, I motion to I motion to Steve and I, I give him like a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I like kind of shrill because he he yells at me super loud. He doesn't know how loud he's. Yeah, how are you doing? How are you doing, man? How are you right. doing? Oh, I, well, I can't. You're doing good. You're doing great, buddy. All right, come on out. Let's get out of this locker room. Hey, guy. Hey, guy, I can't hear you. I, I know. Hey, we should probably just finish the mission <laughs> finish that we came the for. The mission we came, okay. Yeah, we should finish the one that we got came it. for. I got it. Are you, okay, okay, yeah. I'll follow Thumbs you. Up. I'll follow go. you. All right. you come to the outside of these seemingly ordinary double doors. There is a computer system on the outside. When you approach the doors, they do not open. The windows are completely black, like the kind where you can see out, but you can't see in. Hmm. And there is like kind of like a red and white striped, like kind of like warning symbol on the door, like with a strict access. Hey, guy, you need me to punch him? Yes or no? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Punch. I point at Steve, and I point at the window, and I, and I do a punching motion. It's clobbering time. So, I, I really, I, I'm really confident about this punch, too. So, I really, I, I swing back. I, I pull back more than I normally would, and I lunge forward. I, I smack this, and my hand bounces Ow! off this window. It bounces back, and I, 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 t- I take two stumbling steps backwards. And I, I'm breathing heavy for some reason now. It really took a lot of energy out of me. And I'm thinking to myself, that's that's some glass. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> hey guy, it's really, really hard. Yeah, I got it. Can I use my Neuralink to tap into uh, the lock to see if I can get it to open or get it to unlock? Absolutely. Go ahead and make an interfacing roll. So, 17. You hack in seamlessly through the first layer, and you are met immediately by a second layer, almost like like a two lock type system. It's like my mother's lasagna. Did you? Is it opening? Not. Just give me a minute. I I do this. Oh, a minute, a minute. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a, a quick crackle in the code. Most of those, there's like an interference for a second, and then it all reverts to normal. You realize that something is actively trying to hack against you. It's a hack off. You overcome it, and the door lock begins to twist in a circular motion with a 
and it begins to open up with a I think it's opening. I think the doors. I think it's opening. I think yeah, you did it. I got it. Go go ahead and step on in there. You see a, what looks like an expanse of stars. This entire part of the tower is capped with like a domed HUD that allows you to see like this 180 view of the stars. At the center, there is this white second dome that has, it almost looks like the siding of like spaceship almost, if you were to take that type of material. And there's a door set in it. You can see a vast array of computers and systems, but that's not what catches your attention. What catches your attention is the Minotaur. It stands there with a burst axe in one hand, two long horns that come off like a bull, and hooved feet. It stands easily three to four feet taller than you, Stevens. It is about 50 feet away, except it's not alone. It stands there with two children. Human kids. Two children wearing the equivalent of when captains on airplanes give the wings to them and it holds them at bay and it yells out Stop! Not another step! Hey, um, what are you doing with those kids? I, I can't, it seems like you said something I can't hear you but I am trying to figure out why there's kids in there with you, the Minotaur. Yeah, but I can't hear you. You can talk to him. Hey, sorry about my friend. He uh, He's actually deaf. My apologies. I can see it's clearly take your kids to work day. I think that's very wholesome. Now, we just need to get right past you, it looks like, into that uh, control panel there. Is that going to be okay with you and the kids? Not another step. It has, like, pupilless eyes. And you know when, like, a puppet's mouth moves? Yeah. It almost has that feeling where it's, like, looking your direction but not looking at you, just speaking. Can I tell if it's, like, like under the same spell that uh, Steve was under in the the locker room? Oh, yeah. Make an insight check. I've seen this before. Nine. Yeah, nine plus. uh, Eleven. It seems something different. When Steve was under the spell was completely inert this being is at least moving doing something threatening these children almost the the blade of its axe held up under the chin of the girls oh they're hostages hey uh big j once again can't hear you but you can hear me um it seems like those kids might be in danger and yeah. i think we're gonna have to fight the horse guy minotaur right. guy whatever he is uh, yeah i think you're right how about this? You tap me on the shoulder if you think we should fight that guy over there. I, I'm, I'm tapping him on the shoulder. Okay, so I know by the taps on your shoulders and the look that he's giving me with the axe and the and the kid, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and fight him. You go punch him. I'm gonna use my rocket boots just to get within striking distance of the Minotaur. Click, click. <sighs> Go ahead and make a perception roll. As you're flying and you're passing these rows of consoles, to the easternly side, you see a figure hunched over, clicking away, some sort of uh, servobot working at this terminal. 
it doesn't seem like it's worried about what you're doing, but it seems intent as it's working at the computer. Hey, um, Big J, I'm gonna handle this guy real quick. He does, he does, he does seem pretty dangerous, but there's also that robot over there. You might, you might want to see what's going on with that guy. Let me see what's going on with the robot. Does the robot see me? Or is it behind the console? It's behind the console. Can I um, disguise myself as that as the the trifling again and walk over and approach the robot with some authority? Yeah, you definitely could. I disguised myself as a trifling from the beginning of the cruise ship. I walked to the robot. Bonjour. <clears throat> it continues clicking away. Seems to not even mind or care about you. Bonjour. I say with a little more vigor. All right, go ahead and make a straight charisma roll. <laughs> As it's working, the head turns like an owl's. Cannot talk. Master has me working. Am I not your master you speak of? If your name is not Emissary Grouse, negative. My name is Emissary Grouse, of course. Sentient beings' sense of humor is so interesting. Pretty good burn, not gonna lie. Hey, I'm over here. Um, still can't hear, but this guy's so much bigger when you get close to him. He's huge. Yeah, I bet. As you say that, this minotaur says, No! And it pulls the blade up into the frying girl's <laughs> neck a little bit. It bites at the skin, and it doesn't seem like it's intent on coming towards you, but it seems like it's making a point. I think that this Minotaur is okay with killing this kid, and I'm, I'm not okay with that. We probably should figure out a way to make that not happen. The robot's cool and all, but it's all about the kids. So can we can you come over here and we can figure this out together? I calmly walk over and join Steve shoulder to shoulder to, to try and reason with this Minotaur. As you make your way over there, you feel a shift as almost as if like the entire floor vibrates and suddenly it seems like the stars are moving you realize that that's not what's happening the top of the navigation tower is detaching it's kind of like if you've seen star trek how part of that nav unit can detach and is slowly pulling away from the hms soul oh boy i turn to the centaur what's your name (sighs) weak food all right this isn't going my way at all. Hey, um, maybe now that we're not attached to the other ship, can I be, like, not deaf anymore? Oh, yeah. I'd love to be hearing what's happening. Is the music still going on now that we're detached? It's not. Oh, all right. Never thought I'd like to hear your voice. Sit down. The master will deal with you when he's done. You heard the centaur, big guy. Crisscross applesauce. I think he's a minotaur. Uh, what do I keep saying? Centaur. You call him a centaur. centaur. But no sorry. horse involved here. I'm very sorry. When you say that, there is this faint nerve that twitches at the top of the minotaur's head. As if it's very irritated <clears throat> that you called it a centaur. Oh, you didn't like that, did you? You didn't like that I called you a centaur. There's a sound of robot feet moving behind you. 
as the robot leaves the terminal it was working on and is now headed right past you towards the terminal attached to the dome. Hey, did you, you talk to him. Wait, what's his deal? Same sort of deal as the uh, as the hyenas. He's he's working here for the for the guy from from the for the embassy. He wouldn't even talk to me. Correction. I am moving this nav tower towards emissary's colony. Yeah, what he said. You are now the property of emissary grouse, soon to be mind slaves. Oh, oh, that's why Minotaur's eyes are so weird. He's a mind slave. Ah, uh, that makes more sense. Maybe you could reason with the centaur, get it to snap out of that, uh, that loopy thing you had going on for you. All right, Mr. Minotaur. The Minotaur moves its head to look at you, but it's really looking past you. And even as it's moving its head down, it seems like it's having a hard time moving at the neck. The muscles are really straining to do so. It doesn't seem like he wants to hurt us or the kids. I can't figure out what this Minotaur's endgame is. It doesn't really seem like they're really there. It feels like something is... Kind of controlling them. Hey, I got an idea. What if I cast blindness on it? Would that get him to snap out of this thing? I don't know. It's worth a try. <laughs> All right. Lights out, Tits. A seven. I just kind of... I, I, I look at Steve. I look back at the centaur. I snap my fingers. And all of a sudden, lights out. Completely black. It can't see. <laughs> Here in the silence, the clicking of the robot on the other side. I'm going to engage my rocket boots. Because my rocket boots will make it sound like I'm anywhere. So he doesn't know if I'm moving or if I'm still right in front of him. Roll a stealth combined with a deception on that. 23. I know that the Minotaur is blind, but I also know that I have an incredible way of making noise loudly. So... I go over to one of the other little stations. I see that's metal, and I just start banging on it. And I go, hey, stupid Minotaur man, guess what I'm doing over here? Performance. Nat 20. Put on the performance of a lifetime, baby. The head shifts (laughs) your direction. It does move, but it provides the opening for you to move past Big J. Sneak on past him. Roll a stealth with advantage, so you get to roll twice to take highest. 11, 20. You tiptoe past it, moving ever so carefully. The Minotaur doesn't even seem to notice. The little boy sees you going by, and he seems like he wants to say something, but he <laughs> keeps his mouth shut. Uh, I can cast non-detection and then try and sneak into the, uh, the HUD. Throwing that non-detection up over yourself you almost become invisible to scrying or to robotic sensors. You walk up to this robot. The robot doesn't even seem to notice you. Like before, at least, it seemed like it could respond. You are all but invisible to it. You peer over its shoulder to see what it's doing. It is taking information from the Astro HUD, and it seems like it's setting up a, a route. It is controlling the direction in which this is flying. You can see the map from where it traced from the HMS Soul, and you can see next to it another terminal that could be accessed. Jackpot. 
I access the terminal. You're in. You see many options. It's mostly for navigating the ship, setting courses. Take it. Can I download it onto my Neuralink? Yes. I want you to go ahead and make an interfacing roll. Uh, 19. And I'm downloading everything that we need for, uh, for the people that are paying us. What you gather is no code at all. What you gather is information coming from an intelligent source. And you see through all of the data that this is coming from something that you can't believe. It is a, you've read about it in books, something called an elder brain. It is a disembodied mind that mind flayers, the illithid, take as their colony leaders, all these almost all-knowing beings, entities, and you realize that this ship has stolen one and has placed it in the nav unit. And you can see the various methods by with which these terminals are used to torture the brain into driving the ship. Oh boy. Am I able to, am I able to steal the brain? You realize that the brain is the entirety of the dome, like inside of it. I try and hack into the, the robot. 18. And it shuts down. So I have full control of the ship now. Yeah, you have full control of the the second ship that is detached from the HMS right, Soul. Right, right. Can I see if there's anyone else on board? You you are able to see that there are a huddle of hostages, of crew men who have been and, and women who have been placed into one of the various rooms and are blindfolded and held down uh, by chains. Holy you God. see that there are some some dead beings that are throughout like this tower that's been detached. There's some gnolls that are still running around, including the wounded one. And you see that there is one other being on this ship, and it is the Elder Brain and an Elithid in the room with it. You see this tall being dressed in ebony cloaks, a head that is completely like an octopus's, tentacles hanging down, small beady eyes coming off of this like almost always like a wet slimy skin it doesn't seem aware of what is going on outside of the dome but you're aware that it is in there and its hands are touching the brain almost caressing it we got a problem in here the minotaur turns I said stay drop the kid no it's just holding her in one hand okay. and holding the axe in the other okay. just like full like football palming the girl by the head raises the axe and it swings it and misses where are you food i i double click my heels and i do a superman punch into, into the minotaurs back of the head 17 and then i'm gonna grapple i'm gonna i'm gonna choke it go ahead and roll a strength roll versus it's 21 15. I'm sorry, 18. Okay. So you hold it in place. The Minotaur is now shaking. It drops the girl. Roll a perception roll. Right next to where you're holding it, you can see that it's still having a hard time moving its neck. And you can now see like this white centipede worm that has almost lacerated itself onto the side of its neck. 
and is like currently gorging into the side. I hunch. 15. The worm rise and then first it attaches from the skin and you can see like this like trench where it had infused itself. Part of its body is like broken and as it pulls itself away, the minotaur breathes sharply <gasps> and it almost drops the axe as it looks around. What's going on? Can't see a thing. The worm reattaches itself into part of the body and it, the minotaur staggers back away from you and as it does so it almost steps on the girl sending her sprawling to the side big j you're up all right she'll touch the worm 17 how do you want to kill it giant frost hand appears out of nothingness something out of this world something magical comes out of thin air the kids are in, are in awe as it comes out forcefully yet delicately Grabbing the worm as if it were plucking a hair, just pulls it off. And then snaps the, the worm in half. Minotaur falls to its knees, reaches back up, feels this person, and then grabs it. Not knowing what you are, it's going to try and break your grapple. It's a 17. 13. It grabs you, you slip away, and then it gives a shake, and you fall off its back. It still can't see a thing. What family? I uh, I reach forward, and I use Lesser Restoration to heal the blindness. Slowly, that recedes, almost sucked into your hand. You're safe now. You were being mind-controlled by a worm. We've all been there. Nothing <laughs> to be embarrassed about. We've all been there. Your family is close. We'll help you find them. But for now, I need you to stop punching everything. Go to make a persuasion roll. <laughs> that one. For a moment, it seems like it's gonna listen. And then its <laughs> eyes furrow. You, you with lifted, you take me from my family. I didn't, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just met you, man. I, I helped you. It starts revving its hooves and it looks like it's about to charge, you know, the way that bulls do. Since it threw you off of it, you both are squarely, your backs are to like the the dome and the door and all of that, and it is like facing directly at you. All right, I, uh, I noticed about the charge. I know that I'm not gonna be able to talk him out of it. So what I do is, is I have, I, I'm gonna jump out of the way. I'm gonna have him charge and jump out of the way. Does he know I'm there? He doesn't know you're there, but it's you're like in line with everything. Yeah, oh, should, I am. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should try to open the door. <laughs> so. All right. So you got to matador uh, him to fly at the door, rev him up. Hey, uh, Mister Minotaur. Hey, it's me over here. I heard your family sucks. <laughs> I've heard that you don't have friends or family. You look like a centaur. Roll a performance roll as a group. Uh, thirteen 19. plus two. Twenty-two. I open. I, I, I just kind of wait to the last second. 
I'm like kind of shimmy in there. I'm like, I'm just, I'm saying stuff about his mother and all that stuff. And then I jump out of the way as the door opens. I need both of you to use any skill you want to avoid the Minotaur as it charges at you. Nat 20. What a- 17. Both of you using your skills and, you know, the things that made you successful mercs. You wait at the last second. The door opens as the Minotaur comes running straight at you, lowers its head. It drops the burst axe. Door opens. It slams. You both peer in just in time to see this elithid with its tentacled maw turn and look at this beast coming at it. It raises its hand, but it's too late as these horns slam up into the body. It picks him up when it stands up and it stands there and, and has the illithid impaled on the top of it like some sort of dark crown. All right! Hey, that reminds me of those kebabs back home. You remember those? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I could go for a kebab right now. <laughs> See that, though? That was crazy. You are both able to take that information about the Elder Brain. Big J, you are able to set a course that takes the ship back to the HMS Soul and reattaches it. The doors leave the Minotaur locked in there. And you are able to take the kids back to the room with the captives. You know, there's a few gnolls here or there, but nothing that, all right, and his fists can't handle. You are held as heroes for returning the kids to the captain. As it turns out, well, only a few people on the ship actually knew about what was in that astronav unit, the captain included. And that mind flare had come to recapture the elder brain that was stolen from its colony. Great sums of money were paid not only for your rescue of the crew of the HMS Soul, but also additional funds were given to you for your silence. Oh, you didn't speak a word. Well, not including the first contract that you had. So on top of all of those things, you also returned as heroes to everyone on the ship. You became quick celebrity names as the lovely couple. (laughs) (laughs) Big J and Steve. Who saved boldly saved everyone and soon you were getting invited to go to tv shows journal appearances writing forwards but none of that was even close to the amount of money that the guild paid you for telling them about what was being used and yes they lost most of those credits gambling them away and at the end of the day hired hands rogues mercs for hire You did your job, and you walk away, another star etched amongst a galaxy of many. And with that, I think this will call the game. That was great. (laughs) That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was pretty fun. 
Yeah, save the, save the kids. The kids. Good job. The kids. <laughs>